0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexan leader at Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we are going to review Kentucky football's 20-13 win over the Florida Gators last night, or Saturday night, at uh, Kroger Field. It was UK's first home win over the Gators since 1986. Kentucky had dropped 16 straight to Florida. It was also UK's first win over a top 10 team. Florida was ranked number 10 since 2010 when Joker Phillips' first team beat Steve Spur. South Carolina was also ranked uh, uh, number ten. Kentucky won that game thirty-one to twenty-eight. Uh, to help me review the game was my friend and colleague from the Herald, later Mark Story. And then after Mark, uh, after my discussion with Mark, you'll hear Mark Stoops' press conference after the game on Saturday night. So let's not uh, waste any more time. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Mark Story as we review as we review Kentucky's win over Florida on Saturday night. Okay, my guest on the podcast is my colleague and fellow Herald leader and Kentucky.com sports columnist Mark Storey. How's it going on this Sunday, Mark?
1: It's going good, John.
0: Uh, kind of an epic Kentucky win last night, 20-13 to 13 over Florida, first time. Uh, UK has beaten the Gators at home since 1986, as we've talked about ad nauseum leading up to the game. Uh, After uh, coming close so many times, Kentucky finally got it done. I think probably the first place we should start with is the first place Mark Stoops started with in his post-game press conference. And that's talking about the crowd.
1: Yeah, I you know, I don't ever remember a better Kentucky football crowd. I mean, I'm not going to say it was louder than it had ever been in that stadium because the stadium used to seat more people. I'm sure there were individual moments that may have been louder, but just in terms of a crowd that was into it and energetic and loud from start to finish, I don't ever remember a better Kentucky home crowd. And it appeared to have a big impact on the game. You know, Florida took eight false starts, and Dan Mullen acknowledged after the game that the Kentucky crowd had done a really good job and really brought it, and the UK players talked about it being so loud on the field at times, you know, you couldn't hear people talking, and, you know, I think one thing that I didn't, I wrote about the crowd and its impact on the game, and one thing I didn't point out that I probably should have is that because teams didn't play in true road environments last year, this, you know, there may be a little bit more of an adjustment for teams, especially you know teams with new quarterbacks, et cetera, you know, then there would be at a normal year.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Uh, that's something we talked about a lot going into the South Carolina game, Kentucky's first road game last week. But we didn't really talk that much about it. Uh, the fact that Florida, yeah, coming to uh, uh, on the other end of the spectrum with Florida coming into play, why do you think the crowd was so into it? Why do you think the crowd was so loud for this particular game?
1: I think the fact that Kentucky had played Florida so close in the last two trips here, especially, you know, Kentucky had had double-digit leads in the fourth quarter and you know, strong case to be made really should have won both those games you know somewhat gotten its own way really in both of those but i think there was more belief maybe than there you know has typically been for a kentucky florida game and i thought the thing that was impressive about the crowd was you know, once kentucky you know had gotten ahead 20 to 10 and then florida comes back and kicks the field goal it's 2013 you know you know, roughly six, you know, about over six minutes to go in the game. Kentucky does not get a first down, so you're giving the ball back to Florida. Everybody knows what it, you know has happened the last two times these two teams have played in that venue. I thought the crowd, you know, didn't, you didn't, I didn't sense that. Oh no, here we go again. Feeling the crowd stayed in it and really helped the defense. And you know, I just, to me, that is sort of what put it over the top for you know, me. Saying it's, it probably is the best Kentucky football crowd I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and as you said, and as Mark Stoops said after the game, obviously a big effect on Florida with those eight false-star penalties. One big, huge false-star penalty was Florida was going to go for it uh, with a score 20-10. to 10. Uh, I think I don't have my play sheet in front of me but it it was something like a fourth and two or something like that but they end up with a false start penalty got moved back five yards instead kicked the field goal made it 20 to 13 which meant that as they were driving down at the end of the game they had to have a touchdown where if they had gone if they had gone for it and gotten it on fourth and two earlier and had scored it was 2017 Florida gets the ball back all they need is a field goal to send it into overtime I mean that's just one play but that was turned out to be a huge play.
1: Yeah, I actually have a list of Florida um, false starts. It was a fourth and two from the eleven. It was on the left guard, Ethan White, and it moved them back to the sixteen. And instead of going for it, they had to kick the field goal. And you know that that was huge. And you know it's interesting. Brad White, the Kentucky defensive coordinator, you know he talked about you know how many of those false starts were on third downs. Like you know, them, was, I think. right? Yeah there there was one, two, three. There was four on third down and one on fourth down. The one we just talked about on the, on when they were about to go for it, and um, you know Brad talked about you know what a huge impact it had on the game because a lot of those that were going to be third and shorts and they you know wound up being third and sort of intermediates and those are easier to defend than third and shorts.
0: Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay, talk Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was through.
0: Yeah, talking about Brad White, Let's okay, let's talk about the Kentucky defense. Tremendous job uh, by the defense giving up just the, just the 13 points. Uh, had their backs to the wall time and again, uh, but were able to come up with a place to stop stop Florida. Just a tremendous effort by, uh, by Brad White's unit.
1: Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I was surprised when I looked at the final stats, how many Florida had, what, 382 total yards? Yeah. It didn't feel like watching the game that they had moved the ball that much, but, you know, Kentucky, you know, they kept them out of the end zone, you know, the, the last drive, the last, you know, stand with, you know, Kentucky clinging to the seven point lead where they wound up stopping Florida eight times in the red zone. I mean, to me, that's, you know, pretty close to the defensive equivalent of the 18 play drive to beat Virginia tech for the offense in the belt ball. And to me, those are the kind of moments, you know, that you know gives a program identity and, you know, things you draw, you know, look, your, few, your past, you know, did this, you know, under pressure when it really mattered. And, and that those are the kind of things that, you know, I think it makes it harder for your team to sort of relent in future situations and gives them confidence that they can come through when it matters. And, you know, I, I think I think that last defensive stand is something people will talk about for a long time around here. Yeah, the
0: the other thing I thought the defense did, I think they they made Florida, as you said, I think Florida had ended up with three eighty four or three eighty two, something like that, total yards. But they had to earn those yards. Uh, they didn't. Kentucky, Florida's burned Kentucky in the past with a big play on offense, hitting the home run play. They weren't able to do that last night. Uh, I mean, they had some good games, but they didn't have like the breakaway touchdown, the long, you know the long distance home run that uh, that had burned Kentucky in the past.
1: Yeah, I don't think Florida trusted its passing game. They didn't act like it, especially in terms of, you know, throwing it, you know, really cutting it loose down the field. The other thing Florida did that I didn't really understand was the complete lack of urgency at the end of the first half. (laughs) You you didn't understand it. The Florida fans really didn't understand it. And, and, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you, you, you know, you don't want to take crazy risk, that, you know, you can do an awful lot of damage, you know, late in the half we've actually seen UK you know get overly aggressive and you know come back and bite them Um, so I understood that to a point but I, I almost wondered if they just didn't think Kentucky could score so they didn't feel any urgency to try to do anything because usually when you get the ball back and have some time especially when the other team is going to get the ball to start the second half usually you're a little more aggressive in that situation.
0: Yeah, they had, they got the ball on their own 13, but it was a minute 50. I've got my play sheet here. A minute 56 to go. Uh, I don't have – I think they had – did they have all three timeouts? I,
1: I think they had all three timeouts, yeah, yeah.
0: And and they threw two short passes to open the drive, but then they just ran out the clock with two running plays. Uh, so, yeah, when you've got that much time, I mean, that's plenty of time. I know you're backed up on your own 13, but that's plenty of time where you think you could at least get in field goal position, especially with all those timeouts, make it 13. So I wonder sometimes, I wonder too, though, Sometimes, especially with a coach like Mullen, I mean, was he mad at his offense? He he just wanted to get into the locker room to make adjustments to get on his offense. You know, I don't know. You never know what goes through a coach's head in a situation like that. But I was surprised. And judging from Twitter and whatever, (laughs) the Florida fans are really surprised that Mullen wasn't more aggressive uh, in that situation. Uh, okay, let's flip over to the Kentucky offense. Not a great showing, but on, on the offensive side, I think they ended up with two hundred twenty-four total yards. Uh, I mean, should we be worried about the Kentucky offense? I mean, they they are five and zero. They're ranked in the top, Kentucky's ranked in the top twenty-five. They're three and zero in the SEC. But should we be worried about this offense?
1: Yeah, I think so a little bit. You know, I had them with two hundred twenty or two hundred eleven total yards, and that's actually less than they gained. Last year against Florida in, you know, Gainesville in a game they weren't, you know, mm-hmm. they put, pl- you know, they played fairly well the first half and weren't super competitive right. in that game. Right. You know, they've gone, you know, the first two weeks, you know, they they had 554 yards and 519 against Missouri But since then, you know, 359 against Chattanooga, 332 at South Carolina, you know, 211 last night. Now, obviously, some of the reduction in total yards has been because of them turning it over. And last night, you you know, the blocked field goal that was returned for a touchdown, you know, it cost them an offensive possession. So you know, you have to factor that in. But yeah, I mean, I think they did not appear to have much of an identity last night. And, you know, I thought, you know, Wondell Robinson only had three touches, and he needs, you know, he's got to get the ball more. And Josh Ali got hurt, but, you know, he only caught one pass. And even, you know, Rod wound up carrying it 19 times, and maybe they were trying to save him for late in the game. But I didn't think he touched it nearly enough in the first half. It just, uh, they just seemed out of sync, you know, they seemed out of sync to me pretty much the whole night. Yeah.
0: No, I, no, I agree. In, in their defense, I mean, you're right. I mean that, that uh, obviously they will trade a uh, Trevin Wallace 76 uh, yard block punt, uh, kick return for a touchdown uh, for an offensive possession. But then in the fourth quarter, uh, when Kentucky scored to go up 20 to 10, uh, that was set up by JJ Weaver's interception. It was just a 29 yard drive and. Uh, they scored to go up twenty to ten <clears throat> Florida's next possession they went thirteen plays, kicked the field goal. Kentucky went three and out, and then Florida you know the plays right to the end of the game uh almost to the end. Kentucky had a kneel down at the end uh where they had another long series where it was ten plays, but you had some penalties mixed in there as well, so they didn't get much of an opportunity, but no, they didn't do a whole lot when they when they had the ball talking to Liam Cohen after the game last night you know Liam fully admitted that they had a lot of things they need to work on i personally think this will be a good game from the standpoint that i mean we got to remember this is Cohen last night was Cohen's fifth game as a play caller in uh, fbs football much less the sec the toughest conference you can go you, know, you can play in. And Todd Grantham has been around for a long time. Uh, he's been several places. He's been gone up at Kentucky every year that Stoops has been the head coach. Uh, I, I bet there will be some things when Liam looks at the film that he can learn from and make some corrections uh, coming into this week.
1: The other thing, and, and I think you make a good point, that you know, this is a new offense with a new coordinator and a new quarterback. And you know, the thing that's interesting about Kind of the dynamic here is you know this is not a rebuilding situation. Kentucky's trying to win and trying to have you know a big year this year, and yet you're changing the offense so the level of urgency and you know if if Mark Stoops were a first year head coach you know you would have more time to sort of install a system and there wouldn't be the level of scrutiny. You know, the, to me, the, one of the things that was frustrating about that last drive when Kentucky went three and out when it needed to take time off the clock, they, you know, C-Rod gained seven yards on first down, and then they couldn't get the first down. Right. And, you know, the other thing, you know, every week it seems like Kentucky had, you know, Cohen sort of dials up kind of a little swing pass that through formations looks like it's going to go for a touchdown, and they never complete that pass. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it seems like we talked about this earlier. It seems like the book now on Will Levis, Kentucky's quarterback, after those first couple of games, okay, we're going to take away the deep ball because he's an effective deep ball thrower. We're going to make him prove he can hit those short and intermediate throws. And so far, he hasn't proven it to the point that they're going to, that they have uh, had to back off that philosophy.
1: Yeah. The longer we play, the more the book on him from Penn State you know, yeah. seems pretty accurate. You know, I don't know think the fans would want to hear this and it's probably not what Liam Cohen does or wants to do and I'm not so sure that they wouldn't be benefit from putting in a more quarterback run game Mm -hmm. because you know he does look good you know he's a big physical runner and you know a little bit of that you know might give him another option
0: yeah one of one of the key plays I thought in the game was on that last touchdown drive uh where it was a uh, uh, either a bad snap or a fumbled gun snap, and Will picked it up. Ended up kind of bowled his way for seven yards in a first down, which gave him a first down. Uh, that was on a third and two. Uh, you know, if they don't make it there, they probably end up kicking a field goal, and uh, which makes it a, you know a sixteen to ten game instead of twenty to ten. But that was you know that was a, a play kind of out of sheer will on will levis's part that he was able to pick that up also he's he's he had a 12-yard scramble on the last play of the third quarter where he vaulted over <laughs> vaulted over the uh, florida defender i mean he, as he's shown all season long he doesn't mind running the ball and he can be you know he runs with a reckless abandon when he does run it
1: yeah he's a big physical runner he is yeah. the the other thing that i was listening to a a national college football podcast on satellite radio this afternoon, and they were talking about whether they were going to start taking mayonnaise in their coffee. It's, it's amazing <laughs> the amount of attention he's managed to get, <laughs> eating, doing weird culinary things on
0: TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Uh, anything else about the offense?
1: Uh, well, I just, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of it is dependent on, you know, improve quarterback play frankly yeah. or more accurate passing right. and if that's not going to come I you know again I think they sh- should consider putting in a little more quarterback run yeah
0: yeah. Uh, okay. Let's look ahead. Got LSU coming in on Saturday. LSU lost a tough one last night to Auburn, twenty-four to nineteen at home. Uh, they're just three and two so far in the season. That was their second loss. Uh, you know, when you started out, when we before the season, you know, we looked at the stretch where you've got Florida at home, LSU at home, Georgia on the road, three tough back-to-back-to-back games against traditional SEC powers. Uh, Do we think differently of the the LSU game now that uh, after what Kentucky has done to this point, what LSU has done to this point?
1: I think maybe a little bit. I mean, the one thing, you know, is LSU has good – I mean, they have talent. They have good athletes. Um, You know, is it better for Kentucky that they lost and they come up here, you know, maybe a little uncertain or would it have been better had they won? The other thing you wonder, you know, coaching at LSU is a volatile situation. Yes, and you know, th- there's a lot of heat on Orgeron. You almost is he? I mean, surely he's is he coaching for his job up here?
0: <laughs> well, you know, Gene Chizik won a national championship at Auburn and was out of a job a couple of years later. I don't, I don't think it's out of the, out of the, uh, out of question to. I'm not saying. He is coaching for his job, but it's not out of the question for that to happen at LSU as well, as you mentioned. That's a volatile situation, and uh, what I think they went 5-5 five and five last year during the COVID year, uh, the 3-2 and two this year. I thought, I watched, I haven't got a chance to watch the Auburn game yet, I watched the Mississippi State game last week. I thought they seemed to be fi- uh, kind of establishing more of an identity with Max Johnson at quarterback, but... Uh, Uh, I can't imagine that the uh, LSU fans are too happy with the way things are going right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that's interesting to me about them is, you know, Max Johnson has played, I think, well. They did not run the ball well. I think they're averaging about 70 yards rushing a game. And that's uh, it's hard to imagine an LSU team, which I always think of as, you know, big and physical up front and stable of really fast running backs. And they've really struggled to run it.
0: Okay, so Kentucky's 5-0. and They're 3-0 and in the SEC. After the LSU game, they go to Georgia to play. They go to Athens to play Georgia. Georgia's playing, you know, just um, otherworldly right now, shutting out Arkansas 37 nothing. when Arkansas was ranked in the top 10. So how big a game – it seems like we say every game is a big game, and Mark Stoops would agree with that. I would think that every game is a big game. But how big a game is this for Kentucky if they could win this, be 6-0 and overall,
1: 4-0 and in the league going to Athens? I think it would be big. I'm, you know i i'm I'm not super optimistic about Kentucky's chances of beating Georgia in Athens. I mean, heck, Kentucky hadn't scored a touchdown against Georgia in the last two years, so it'd be nice to just get one in the end zone. <laughs> but I think just the benefits to your program of you know the week of buildup, if you go to Athens six and O, you know, four and O, in the conference and have it, you know, just all the publicity. And it would, you know, this, unlike 2018 when Kentucky and Georgia played here and it literally was for the right to go to Atlanta, that would not be the case here, but it would be the second time in I guess four years that Kentucky and Georgia had met in a game that, you know, may you know, could have, could decide the SEC East. And I think, you know, that level of publicity and national attention would, would, be a boon for UK football. So, you know, I think it's I, yeah, I think it's important to try to back up what you did against Florida with another win against LSU and, and put yourself in that position.
0: Yeah, but it's a 7.30 start on the SEC network. Uh, like you said, I mean, LSU, they could put it together at any time because they've got, you know, they've got good players. They've got outstanding athletes. It'll be interesting to see how Kentucky, uh, with everybody patting them on the back for the big win, uh, how they react, you know, I think back to last year, uh, they beat Tennessee, whipped Tennessee in Knoxville, which was another breakthrough win for them. Then they turned around and laid an egg at Missouri. I mean, I think back, I kind of touched on this, what I wrote, back to 2007 when Kentucky beat LSU, uh, LSU, the year LSU went on to win the national championship. Kentucky beat them in that overtime game when Rich Brooks was coach. And then game day came to town, Tim Tebow, and they lost to Florida. And then they turned around and lost to Mississippi State, which was a really, really a bad loss, a tough loss to kind of took away the momentum they had this year, I mean that year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Kentucky responds to this.
1: Yeah, you make a good point about that Missouri game. It is a somewhat analogous situation. Of course, you did have, you know, it was the, that was also right. the first game John Schlarman wasn't able to go. So it's hard to know just, you know, how, how to assign the reason for Kentucky's no-show. I don't think that'll happen this week. I'm, just my gut is they'll they'll come back ready to play. You know that, whether that means they can beat LSU, we'll just have to see. But I would I will be surprised if they come back flat.
0: Yeah. One, one more thing before I let you go, Mark. I think we ought to talk about Josh Paschal, the game that he had last night. And I noticed West uh, Jones also got some recognition today from the Camp Foundation. I mean, uh, Marquand McCall went out in the game early with an injury, and I thought he was going to be a key player in stopping Florida's run. But both Paschal and and West Jones really stepped up last night.
1: Yeah, Josh – I thought controlled the game, and you know I saw some people on Twitter saying they thought he was the best player in the game, and I wouldn't have a huge argument with that. You know Obviously, the blocked field goal was a humongous play in the game, but you know he had two and a half tackles for loss. You know, and there were other plays he was influencing because he was getting penetration, even when he didn't make the stop. You know, I, he's obviously been a very good player, and there were a couple of games early last year before he got hurt that he just played tremendous. But I, given the the situation and what you know, how important this game was for UK and for UK fans, I think in the, just how good Florida, you know, top ten team, I think this has to be considered his most important game at Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, very much so.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Okay, well, we got LSU coming up on Saturday. Like I said, it's a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network. Uh, Mark Stoops' press conference on Monday. We'll have plenty of coverage from that. We'll have plenty of coverage all week. Uh, Mark will have his matchup and prediction uh, later on in the week. Follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story and read him in the page print edition of The Arrow Leader and also online at Kentucky.com. And, Mark, thanks a lot for being on the
1: podcast. Thanks, John.
0: Okay, my thanks as always to Mark's story. And after the break, you'll hear from Mark Stoops, his press conference after Kentucky's big win over Florida on Saturday night.
2: Okay, I'd like to start by saying uh, thank you to the BBN. That's for you. Um, They really showed up in a big, big way today and had an impact on the game. They affected the football game in a very positive way. And I really can't thank you enough. And, you know, I've been working hard for a long time to provide that type of team, but uh, that's what we need it like every week. We could recruit players when our our stadium's like that. Our players will play hard, and it affects uh, the offense as it did tonight with some of those pre-snap penalties. Really a a, a big shout-out to you. I mean it. Uh, It it definitely affected the game. And uh, playing at Kroger Field was a home-field advantage tonight and uh really happy for our players our fan base our coaches um you know once again just a great great team effort um it was beautiful in so many ways and uh you know just uh shows the character of this football team and uh the resiliency that they have the toughness and uh, you know things like that aren't easy hasn't happened in a while because it's not easy and uh our players just constantly put their head down and coaches put their head down and take care of things that's in front of them Uh, i've I've said it for a long time now to this team just take care of the business in front of us they don't need to be anything other than who they are Uh, we need we know against a team like this we had to play better Uh, we did as far as taking care of the football uh, uh, to some extent and um you know but uh, defensively back to back is you know good of performances as we've had in a long time. Uh, Just uh, a credit to Coach White, John Summerall, uh, Frank, Chris, uh, the staff, the players played unbelievably hard um, and great execution um, and uh, that's a tough team to handle. They put a lot of stress on you in a lot of different ways. Offensively, we struggled. Um, I give Florida and Todd Grantham a lot of credit. He's an excellent defensive coordinator um, and they really had a nice plan and played very good defensively offensively we will get it going we will get it clicking it's hard that's very good defense teams um and uh and we'll, we'll but i'm very confident uh, that we'll continue to get better and uh but you win games any way you can and uh, as i mentioned that was the thing of beauty tonight and uh looking forward to celebrating the win for a few hours and then uh punching the clock and getting back to work tomorrow morning
1: Taking that step in the spring. Did you
2: take that step tonight? In, amazing. And I thought the guys that that filled in for Marquand really played hard as well. It seemed like didn't didn't seem like they, they were um, getting picked on or anything like that. And uh, Josh is just uh, you know as I've mentioned to you many times in these press conferences, he's just it's amazing the way he just empties the tank every day. I mean, he just plays exceptionally hard, uh, and he, he's amazing.
1: Do
2: you feel like you can let your guard down and celebrate this win publicly? I, 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 I thank the uh, um, uh, people in the the crowd and the BBN. But I mean, you know, for me, it's back to work tomorrow morning. I'll celebrate it for a couple hours. But uh, you know, I, I got to practice what I preach to the team, and you got to take care of the things in front of us. We want to play in a lot of big games. We have a long way to go, and uh, I'm very excited. I'm very proud, but. Uh, of this group, but man, we got to go back and punch the clock tomorrow. When you,
1: when you you know, they have seven, eight shots there at the end. Of, I, mean, I imagine that's kind of what you imagined being yeah. able to situations you be did and come out on top. You know, when
2: you took the shot. That was a, that was a, a tough hill, you know, to climb right there. To stop them seven, eight times is, is brutally hard. If I'm not mistaken, there was another pre-snap penalty down there. It helped us, one or two. And I mean, again, thank you to the, to the, to the fans for affecting uh, the play. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought Brad and the defense played uh, unbelievably hard. We mixed it up. We went zero a couple plays in a row when we had to. We held up in coverage. We got pressure. We played some zone. You know, we mixed it, you know, mixed things up. And, you know, it's one heck of a stop.
1: Last week about the defense making those big stops after turnovers. Again tonight, you hold to the field goal and then you block it and return it for a touchdown too. Just what does it say about the mentality of that group
2: to keep uh, standing up I mean really special. I mean it, it what what more can you say? I mean tonight was special. I mean that, that was uh that was a, a thing of beauty defensively. I mean it, it you just uh you know, we gave up some yards. Again, that, that's hard. You know what I mean? We've got to pick our spots. Um, we could do some things better um, but, but overall just to have that Desire, that hu- the heart, the guts uh, To stand up and, and give them seven, eight stops At the end is uh, you know, Amazing, especially when we were struggling At that point, momentum you know, for our offense was, Had turned a little bit So they, we had a long drive and then we go three and out, that's tough And we go right back in there and still have You know, the capacity Still have the desire, still have the um, Conditioning to make those stops against Florida, you know, seven, eight plays in a row on the goal line. I mean, it, it's incredible. You know, it's a, it's a credit to our team. Another big play for John
1: in pass defense on that last fourth down stop. How glad you got him in the versus what you expected.
2: Well, he's he's played really well. He gives us some maturity in there. He get, You know, he's he's uh, made some really athletic plays, tipping the ball and getting the pick and, you know, different things. And so, you know, big play. That was him that tipped it at the end there, yeah. Good. There
1: were eight uh, false start penalties in Florida, five on third down, one on fourth down.
2: Yeah. Have you ever heard this place as loud? That's incredible. That's a, a fantastic stat. Uh, thanks again. Yes. <laughs> you know, thank you. That's pretty, pretty awesome. No, I, I can't remember that. You know, I, uh, um, I'm sure that's frustrating on their end, but I, I credit our crowd and a, a home field advantage. And it was really nice to deliver. You know, t- for the fans, because we've had things teed up before. I know how it gets, and it's hard. You know, we play a tough league. But to have it teed up, to have a sellout, and then come deliver and play like that, it, I'm happy. You know, really am. Well, you talked a lot about knocking down the doors. Does this one feel any different? Do they, do they feel any different if you had so many of them? It's just the next one. I'm sure you'll tell me about some more.
0: Mark Will didn't have a
2: great game And yet he made one of the biggest plays When he picked up that fumbled snap And Mm -hmm. pushed that pile about seven yards Mm -hmm. What what does that tell you about him? Well, again, I think he's just going to get better and better You know, I think he gets so amped up You know, and uh, Was a little, you know, we had to boot And then, then the next play he throws the pick I thought he was a little you know he was a little amped up, missed a couple throws there, and uh, I know he'll put it together. I really do. He cares too much, he's very talented. We're gonna get better. I know at times Liam and Will and the offense gets frustrated, but we're we're gonna get there. I'm very confident. And um, you know, they just gotta stay the course and keep their head up and stay positive and, and keep that belief system high because we're doing the right things. Oh, Trev, Trev and he, 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 that's what we saw. I mean, he's an unbelievable athlete. I mean, he got that ball, and there was no stopping him, Now, I mean, he, he's a freaky athlete, and, uh, I mean, he was gone. It, it didn't surprise me. What you, talking about? you see freaky yeah. athlete, Warnnell? I mean, that, amazing. Smoke had that big block, too. On that block. No, amazing. Just a great individual effort on the, on the touchdown early. Got, got us some momentum, and just, you know, he just plays so hard, and, uh, and, um, you know, just all his plays are, are you know we need him, and uh we'll continue to find ways to get him
0: involved the
2: I think I don't know whether they saw that or not. I don't know, but it was cool having him here. It was fun. We were jamming out in the locker room. go
1: ahead come in. You know, would do his bit and leave and was cheering from
2: the side. Oh no, and he was in there, he was in the locker room just now. He was in there, yeah. Just to be clear the play the travel made, is that
1: typically where he would be on that formation
2: or was he just inserting? Well I, I think he just got the deflection obviously I think Josh got it, didn't he? Did yeah, do you yeah, I mean Josh got the tip, so it just bounced his way. Yeah.
1: What can a night like tonight do for your program? Sold out place, rock
0: rocking. big win against a, a team like this, against a t- top ten
2: program? I just hope it propels us, that's all, just next step. I mean, we're doing a lot of good things. we got to continue to do things, and that's what I told the players. Remember how we got here. You know, stay humble, stay hungry, you know, enjoy it, but go back to work. You know, we got to go back to work. I told them that the last two, three weeks, you know, when we felt like our performance was good or bad or you know ugly or whatever anybody thought i just said just go back to work you know never apologize for a win um you know look at the areas where we can improve um you know and continue to to uh cultivate the good things we're doing and and move on you know and so that's what we'll do um i look forward to another incredible atmosphere next week
0: Suspect the there might be a
2: maybe ranked next week. Is that, you, like you, you think? I don't know. I'd probably prefer to stay not. I mean I, I mean what? the only SEC team in the history of college football to be flabby on oh, not ranked, but so that's all right. You, you like that? <laughs> I do like it. I'd rather stay not ranked. Uh, because we I don't want to say anything and then have a bite us. We gotta come play good next week. I mean I mean that you know, like I said, we'll we'll enjoy it tonight, but we're ready to go.
1: We talked about uh, Will Levis being amped up a couple of times. He struggled during the uh, Tennessee Chattanooga game. You said he was amped up tonight. You said he's amped up. Is that something you're going to address with? Is, is it a Liam Cohen situation, I, I, or how do you settle him
2: I talked to him on the sideline tonight, and, um, I'm, again, I have confidence. He is who he is. I don't want him to be anything but himself, uh, just to continue to grow and get better and learn from you know things, and he's, he's, he's going to be a really good player. So I'm going to let Will be Will.
0: Curtis hurt you
2: with some big plays tonight they didn't really do that what was the key in that? yeah I mean you look at it and they had 71 plays to our 45 you know which is incredible but you hold them to 13 points you know it just, it just comes down to again um some terrific stops and uh you know that's really hard to do especially when you know we weren't picking up first downs in the second half and uh you know the two long drives at the end with the game on the line. Again, the the fan base affected both of those drives. It was third and one or two, they get the offsides, or maybe fourth, fourth and two, they get the offsides, pre snap penalty. You we're talking about goes to fourth and seven, they kick the field goal, then now makes a big difference on that next drive. Now they have to get it in, and we have seven eight st- plays, you know, to stop it, you know, so. It's a pretty big deal. I
1: know the result kind of covers this, obviously, but would you like to have the fourth and two back? Where you kind
2: of not in the. It's tough. That's a good defense. You know, that's why I told him. I'm like, don't. You know, it, it, they're they're really well coached and they're really good. And uh, sure, I mean, you know, it wasn't a good. In hindsight, we didn't make it. They were stout. They were in there. But later, we tried to boot it in a critical moment, and they have that covered, too. They have guys, you know, they have good guys, and they could go out there and press you and, and, you know, make you beat them one-on-one and still have the edges covered and still have all the gaps covered and still have penetration, you know. So you're not really going to sneak a boot in on them, not when they're playing zero. got to beat them outside. And, you know, there's things we could do, and we will, but, you know, that, that, you know credit them you uh,
1: about all the times you've had it kind of teed up in the past and people excited mm-hmm. and that opportunity and maybe just
2: missed was there anything over over the last few years in those situations that you learned um i don't know spe- i don't know specifically but i think every time you're in those moments you do grow you know as an organization as a program as a team you know some of these guys weren't even here but i think overall it does i think you just you know it's so like the 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 boxers, you know what I mean. Like to be, you know, just keep on fighting, keep on fighting, keep on, you know, just keep on putting yourself in position, and eventually you're gonna you're gonna knock it down. But there's no there's no shortcut. There's no, you know, hiding. You just have to be good and do do good things, and eventually, you know, you're gonna get some wins like that. It's not easy, and uh, you know, we'll, but we'll keep on banging. Mark, tremendous
1: ball security tonight, coming yeah. in that game. Yeah. This game, was that one of the most
2: important factors. It was. I mean, we we know we couldn't be sloppy and put the ball on the ground against this team and, and, and win. You know, uh, can't you know can't happen and certainly couldn't happen today. So credit our coaches and our players. One of JJ's big plays has been pass rush. This time it was pass coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, His ball security was bad, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> is there any is it difficult to know when
2: let him go and then drop him back. It is, but remember, Josh. You know, remember when Josh was here. You know, and and some of the coverages he had too. You know, and uh, you know, it just shows his versatility. And for us, it just uh, keeps people off balance. So, you know, and he, the poor, you know, or the kids playing. He's not even at one hundred percent yet. You know, he's he's healthy, but you could tell. You know, it just takes some time getting getting. You know, the 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 quickness back and just his feet up underneath him. You know, and uh, I just credit him for you know how hard he's playing and coming back off that knee like he is. Lonnie, I usually do a pretty good job of interpreting what you say, but not that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Anybody else? laughs> I love you, I love you. <laughs> that mask that mask doesn't help you oh no I know Larnie. I was just in there just now and I was all amped up and I was like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> uh, yes do you see this program i don't and know about a breakthrough i yeah apart, how do you plan to
1: celebrate tonight?
2: yeah um i don't know if um it's a i wouldn't call it a breakthrough i as i as i tell the players and i mean this wholeheartedly like we want to play in a lot of big games You just have to take care of the things that's in front of us. And the only way we, you know, I I mean this, it's not coach speak or nothing. Like, if we do the best we can and prepare the best way and coach the best we can and our team gives it everything, you know, the results are what they are. We play in a tough league. You know, this is a big step. As I mentioned, there's no denying I'm grateful for our fan base. It's been a long time you know for us you know we went on the road but you know beating Florida, i know is special to them um and for us it's a big sec east opponent and so it's a big deal and uh you know that that's all so um i really don't know what they'll do i mean I'm, you know i'm sure i'll have an adult beverage <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mike, well, thank you
0: <laughs> Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Mark Story. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C Story. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Click on my uh, click on my Twitter feed. Go to the top of the Twitter feed. Click on the. Pin tweet, which tells you all about the Sports Pass Sports Only Digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK coverage, all of our columns, all of our high school coverage, $30 for the first year. Click on the tweet. It'll take you right where you need to go. I want to thank everybody who supports our work at The Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I want to thank everybody who supports the podcast and listens to the podcast. Drop me a line at jclay at herald-leader.com with any feedback, Feedback you might have on the podcast. We'll have podcasts this week leading up to the LSU game on Saturday. As I mentioned, Kentucky LSU, 7.30 p.m. start at Kroger Field. The game will be televised by the SEC Network. Thanks again to Mark's story. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.